It's Dirt Mayhem. It's Dirt Mayhem. Every day at 4.05, Midterm Mayhem, we bring you the madness, the mayhem. That is the 2022 election. We've got a lot to get to. Absolutely. And because it is Wednesday, not only are we getting over the hump, we turn to our election insider. She's the former governor of the great state of Arizona, Jan Morello. Governor, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Hello to you guys. Fantastic. We're doing good. We've got a lot to get to. You know, the first thing I was thinking of, did you ever have your sit down with Carrie Lake? Last week you said, listen, I'm not, not endorsing her. She's got to tell me privately she's ready to talk policy and get rid of this ridiculousness of the 2020 election. Did you have your sit down? Well, I texted her and I heard back from her, but no time was set up for us to sit down. I congratulated her on the winner. Uh, I'm winning. Said a few nice things and she sent back that, you know, she thanked me and uh, said that she was looking forward, I think if I recall correctly, to uh, bringing the party together behind a huge mo- movement or something to that effect of Arizonans. So I think she's moving in the right direction, but we have not sat down. No time has been scheduled at this time. Okay. You think that she's turning the heat down in her campaign a little bit to try and get independence? Oh, oh absolutely. How? I really do believe that she has that really. No, I think she's really turned it down uh, considerably because she understands. Well, you know, she's not going after uh, Republicans. She's not going after national Republicans. She's kind of coalescing. She's picked up some endorsements from some people that one would have expected. Maybe she would have not been so close to. And she has um, realized that uh, she has to have moderate Republicans and independent voters because obviously it was the independent voters is how we got. You know, Mark Kelly and Kristen Sinema and Katie Hobbs and the Secretary of State and Biden winning our state. Mm. So all of this took place when we had a Republican president and a Republican governor, by the way. So uh, talking to former governor of the great state of Arizona, Jan Bruce, our election insider on uh, Wednesday that we have her on every Wednesday as we talk about the mayhem. Can she swing any of these people, though, who kind of looked at this and thought, I want no part of this insanity. And if you are thinking you're going to flip a switch and you're going to fool everybody, you're not going to get away with it. Oh, I think that she can. I, I do believe that she can. I think that she's, you know, she's a smart gal. A lot of people uh, in my Republican Party, you know, and, and myself included, that we sometimes believe that our philosophy is better than um, the Democrats anytime with anyone, as long as they're going down somewhat the path that we think is the right way to lead government. So you're going to have Republicans vote Republican. It's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. But the key is to get those independents in those moderates. How much of this is going to be also what happened with Hobbs over there? Is she going to become like Hyden Biden? Is she just going to stay away from everything and just hope that she eventually, uh, you know, it wins by the fact that she doesn't participate? Is that going to play a big role into it, too, in getting some of these Republicans back or like, you know what, I wasn't going yeah. to vote, but Hobbs is awful. So I'm going to hold my nose even if I have to. Absolutely, yes. And she's been keeping out of sight, and she's going to do it as long as she can because she's off the radar, and she's not getting any negative news, and so there's no backlash. So no one's talking about her. You know, she's just not on anybody's radar. She's going to sit tight for as long as she can so that they don't have anything to go after her on. 
Former Arizona Governor Jan Brewer is joining us every day at 4.05. Uh, we bring you midterm mayhem. Katie Hobbs hasn't done anything yet. See, here's what Carrie Lake does. She gets in front of cameras, and then she's out there. You don't have to like what she says, but at least she commands attention, you know, for different reasons. Yes. For some of us, it gets nauseating. For other of us, others of us, it's like, okay, she looks pretty good. Katie Hobbs, I don't see her anywhere. This is what I'm tired of. I'm tired of voting for the, the, the less better candidate. The less better? Yeah, yeah. that's so a famous what are you Joe. Do, that's a famous Joe Biden line. Yeah. The, he said, well, you got the less the worse, worse, worser. The less worse. I've said it before. Carrie Lake ain't getting my vote. Carrie Lake is an election denier. If you're an election denier, you can't take it back, and I'm not going to vote for you. But that doesn't mean I'm going to vote for Katie Hobbs. So far, Katie Hobbs, she does not have my vote. She hasn't showed me anything in order to get my vote. I'm still waiting, but I'll sit this one out. I will not do this again. I'm not going to vote for the less worser candidate. I like how I said that. Well, you know, the bottom line is is that you have got to support somebody. No, I don't. Because at least you have the opportunity. You're going to have a legislature, hopefully, that will you know control certain things going on, and they need to be able to work together. So a little bit of hope is better than no hope at all by not voting what happens. I have no hope for that legislature. They're MAGA. They got rid of Rusty Bowers. The legislature is absolutely insane. They will monitor each other. We hope that they monitor each other. They you know, won't. That's it. That's the key of having a mass of people to come together. Because at least they sit down around the table and they discuss things and they're kind of like forced to listen. Katie Hobbs better figure out what she wants to do. I said yesterday she should have forums with these moderate Republicans who think Carrie Lake is nuts. She should be talking to independents, uh, and she hasn't done any of that. And if she has, she's done a bad job of telling us that that's what she's doing. Hey, Governor, let's switch gears because we only got a minute or so left. Did you see that yeah. Ducey is putting uh, those shipping containers on the wall and one fell over yes. <laughs> Fell over on the yes. first day? Yes, and I thought, I thought that that was probably a, a generally a good idea, uh, you know, that, you know, anything, anything that helps with all ports, secure our borders, right? Not if it falls it over. Kind of funny, it was kind of like slapstick, you know, you kind of laugh, because, but they're going to get them fixed, they'll get them fixed, and let's open it out. Former Arizona Governor Jan Brewer. <laughs> joins us yes. every Wednesday, and you've been listening to Midterm Mayhem, the madness, the mayhem that is the 2022 midterm election. We'll talk to you next week, Governor. Uh, bye-bye. All right. Hey, uh, maybe she'll have to sit down with Carrie Lake by then. And what kind be- of sit-down they would have? Um, uh, <laughs> I, I look at it this way. Yeah. Jan Brewer, it's business. She's been here. It's... Uh, I think she says, you know what you said, especially about McCain. That's one thing. What you say about me and this stuff, the reality is I understand what you're doing. It's just like a fight thing. You say certain things. You really don't mean a lot or, of this stuff. Or maybe she just doesn't, doesn't buy what Carrie Lake is saying. I don't know. Maybe they don't She's get not buying what you're selling. All right. That's midterm mayhem. Mayhem. Right now it's time for five spot. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to line up five of you. All right. Uh, we need five parents of uh, kids, let's say, uh, in elementary school. All right. 602-277-5827. You care about your kid's education. You care about your kid's safety. We need to hear from five of you. 277-KTAR. We're going to ask you a very specific question about school safety. All right. In five spot. And that is coming up next. Five spot with Gabe.
Gatos and Chad. All right, we're putting five of you on the spot about a news story everybody's talking about. We've asked five parents to call. Uh, and you care about your kids' safety in school. All right. Before we ask you the question, Chad, let's go through why we're doing this. Okay. Um, after Uvalde, there is a company that puts out bulletproof backpacks. We've talked about this before. Um, Leatherback Gear is one of those companies, and they saw an 800% increase in sales. Yeah, those backpacks are special. They are. Um, we even saw, I think, it was online. You and I looked at this. There was a mom who was training her child with that backpack on what to do during an active shooter situation. The kid was like, what, five? Yeah, maybe five or six. All right. We're going to play that in a second. But we're going to ask you, would you buy a bulletproof backpack for your kid? Here we go. All right. Let's start with uh, Leslie in Glendale. Leslie, are you worried about any incident like this? And would you go so far as to buy a bulletproof backpack? I absolutely would not because children shouldn't have guns in their hands at school and uncontrolled. Wait, what? You're not buying them a gun. You're buying them a backpack that's bulletproof. Okay. I, I still, I feel like it's. It's next level, and I don't think children should have to be thinking about that. Okay, while cool. they're trying to get an education. Excellent, thank you so very much. I think, uh, yeah. So, so it's it, up to Leslie. She's not handing her kid a gun to go to school. So that's uh, then start off well. Luke and Superior, what about you? Uh, would you go so far as to make sure that your child has a bulletproof backpack? Uh, you know, when they're going to school. So if I was inside the actual city, then I probably definitely would. Um, but I live in a very small town, and my town is very quiet. But um, I probably would buy all three of my kids bulletproof backpacks or Cavalier. Or like Uvalde? Because, mm. Well, I just don't want this stuff to happen, man. Our, our, our town, dude, our little, our little state right here, we're too good for all that stuff. And I hope to God that none of this ever happens to us. Okay. Yeah, yeah. appreciate your call. Uh, again, Uvalde, very small. Yeah. Very, very small. It can happen anywhere, and they're going to go to a soft place where they think they can do something, people that are evil. Patrick and Gilbert, uh, would you buy a backpack that is bulletproof for your child? Oh, absolutely not. The amount of garbage they have to carry in their backpacks, that could probably stop a bullet. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> Ton of bucks. All right, good. <laughs> yeah, you have to get, and a chiropractor right, right? there. Uh, yeah. Jeff in Phoenix, uh, what about you? Would, you? would you go so far as to buy a backpack that's bulletproof for your child? You know, I think it's absolutely sad that we have to talk about this, but I would buy them a backpack, and I believe we should also have our veterans uh, in the schools with guns to protect them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, you know, I, I like I like that idea. Uh, we talked about yesterday veterans teaching. I mean, that's just then temporarily. That's not going to stop and help our teacher shortage, but a veteran in the school in the school. Who knows how to handle a firearm? I don't think is a bad idea. No, no. And uh, Sabrina in Peoria, you're up uh, last year on five spot. What about you? Would you say, hey, you know what? I'm going to get a bulletproof backpack for my child because I worry about something like this. I, I think if they got to it, I definitely would. I, I haven't gotten there yet. On you know uh, to that extreme, um, you know, living in Peoria, it's not. Um, I don't want to say any place is unsafe, um, but the hope is is that there's enough um, 
there's enough safety at the school that I would not need to get to that. But if 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 we ever did feel unsafe. Um, and you're we needed to take that. Yes, we would take that. You're open to it. All yeah. right. Okay. Five spot. Yes. Uh, we asked you, would you buy your kid a bulletproof backpack? The reason we asked you this is uh, Leatherback Gear saw an 800% increase in sales. Also, want you to listen to this. This is a mom training her child, who is five, uh, what to do during uh, an active shooter. Listen carefully. It's a little bit hard to hear, but listen carefully. Teacher calls over the intercom, says it's not a drill. Everybody go in the corner and be really quiet and still. What do you do? Get on the corner and be really quiet and still. So the kid says, be, get in the corner, be really quiet and still. He went into the corner of the room and he actually did this and was quiet. Now show me how you use your bulletproof backpack. Good job. All right, so he puts the bulletproof backpack over him. If a teacher says, Weston, you don't need your backpack, let's get in the corner. All right, so, hey, the teacher says, you don't need one. What do you say? Say, no, I need it. It's bulletproof. Okay. Here's the trick question. If the police are outside the door, but the shooter is in your room, and they call out, is anybody in there? What do you do? I say, I'm here. Absolutely not. You don't Okay. I'll say a word. Weston's not quite, uh, he's not getting, she's not, uh, not, it's not... He's not picking it up, right? I know we're going to wrap this up. That was uncomfortable for me to watch. Yeah. I think it's worse for a five-year-old to put the five-year-old through something like that uh, and scaring the five-year-old into thinking that uh, you're going to get shot. By the way, just to let you know, uh, mass shootings, people that were killed, uh, 71 people were killed in mass shootings in 2016. As They're going back and looking at all this stuff. That was a high year. Comparatively to other things, the chances are still minimal, but... It's understandable. It's top of mind awareness. Up next, a Giveathon for Phoenix Children's. We're going to tell you how to donate next. The Giveathon for Phoenix Children's is presented by your Valley Hyundai dealers and the Auction Indian community. KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Giveathon on the Gatos and Chad Show. That's right. Since 2009, it is the Giveathon for Phoenix Children's Hospital here at KTAR and our sister station, 98.7 uh, FM, Arizona Sports Station. And we're trying to raise millions of dollars this week for one of the best hospitals on the planet. Why don't we kick it off, Chad? Check presentation. Let's do it! V's Barbershop. Hi, Jim Valenzuela here from V's Barbershop. At V's, we're pleased to partner with Phoenix Children's Giveathon to raise over $5,000 for the most worthy cause we could think of our children. If you want to donate and participate in this, please do. We welcome the support and there's no better place to put your money. If you want to call 602-933-4567, somebody to answer your phone, be happy to take your information and let's do it together. Let's make Phoenix Children's the best it can be. All right. Did I miss the money figure? Was that just me? Did I miss it? I, I was waiting for it. Did I not hear I it? Didn't hear like was it so fast? Because normally they're a little bit longer. They go into okay. and he went just boom, 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 boom. Well, I love these. Play it again. Play it again. Let's hear. Hi, Jim Valenzuela here from V's Barbershop. At V's, we're pleased to partner with Phoenix Children's Giveathon to raise over five thousand dollars for the most worthy cause. Okay, there we go. There you go. All, all right, right, all right. Five, if you want to donate, and participate. 
All right. That's awesome. Hey, listen, we're it's live radio. We don't always hear everything. So five grand from V's Barbershop. We get a lot of buddies that go there. They love V, so we want to thank them. Uh, and we've got uh, stories of hope to tell you about. That's right. Uh, it's time for another story of hope presented by Madame Holmes. Colton. Now, getting a driver's license, as you guys know, it's a huge milestone for any teenager. For a parent, it's, uh, you know, it's it comes with a little concerns. Yeah. But getting a call that your son has been involved in a serious accident is one of your worst nightmares. This is Colton's story. I'm Tara. I'm Colton's mom. And I'm Colton, and this is my story. I was heading home from the lake, and my back tire blew. His car rolled about ten times, and on the third roll, he was ejected through the front windshield headfirst. I blacked out on the first roll, and then I woke up on the ground. Couldn't move my legs, and I was pretty beat up. I knew I was paralyzed. So damn easy to say the life's so hard. Everybody's got their share of battle scars As for me, I'd like to thank my lucky stars That I'm alive and well They were pretty close, so I was able to get there before the helicopter A horrible feeling, because <laughs> you don't know, um, is he going to make it? He grabbed my hand and told me he was sorry because he didn't have a seatbelt on. <laughs> and uh, I gave him a kiss and he told me how much he loved me and I told him how much I loved him and I just held him for a minute and that was pretty much all we had time to say. And today you know that's good enough for me. I was flown to PCH. His leg had been degloved. He had a broken back and then an aortic tear, and it just kind of kept piling on, and the nightmare just got bigger and bigger, and the blessing was was that he was alive. I mean, he just, every doctor that came in said that scientifically he, he never should have survived that car accident. Stars are dancing on the water here tonight. It's good for the soul. I made a goal and, and that was that I wanted to walk across the stage for graduation to receive my diploma. I'll be walking across the stage in two weeks. It's um, amazing how far he's come. Hopefully I don't fall. Today's the first day. hospital is amazing. If he would have gone anywhere else, there's no way he would have survived. That's where he needed to be to live. He's going to walk again. He's going to do some amazing things in this life, that's for sure. You know, Colton's story is really incredible, and it also makes us realize that your kid doesn't have to be sick to go to Phoenix Children's. Yeah. In a matter of a second, an accident can happen. And that's what happened with Colton. A broken back. His leg was smashed up. 
So there are many different reasons in many different cases why you bring your child to Phoenix Children's. It's not just cancer or brain tumor, and I've known kids that have had that, both of them. Uh, it is for a, a, a horrific car accident. A moment that changes Boom. like that. Just like that. All right. How about we do a match? Let's do it. Match fries, it up. food stores, fries, food stores. The match. You hear the music. It means you call 602-933-4567. You become a champion of hope. 20 bucks per month. And also a teddy bear will be delivered to a little child in your name. And you'll receive your choice of a kid's pass at Wildlife World Zoo or a cobblestone car wash. All right. 602-933-4567. Hold on. There is the train teddy bear express headed upstairs. And uh, the phone lines are open. 602-933-4567. Don't do it later. You're going to forget. 602-933-4567. 602-933-4567. It is the Giveathon for Phoenix Children's Hospital. Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Serious news, seriously entertaining. Look at that. The Gatos and Chad Show. Ah, Carrie Lake, huh? That's what we're talking about right there. What? Yeah. If you don't know the song, you should know the song. Hey, uh, by the way, grab our podcast called the Gatos and Chad Show podcast. You can go there, subscribe on your iPhone, your Android, take us everywhere with you, and that way we'll always be together. So get us a chat show podcast brought to you by uh, Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty, East Valley. Get uh, more money selling your home. Go to carolisthebuyers.com, carolisthebuyers.com. Becky Lynn, what do we call it? Like KTAR Weather Watch? What is, what do we do? Is we do that? Storm, storm Tracker. Storm Trooper well, Tracker thing? Storm Trooper. <laughs> storm Trooper 5000. If it's a severe thunderstorm yeah. warning, we call it like Storm Central. Oh, that's okay. cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we need we need to get you like the now over to the whatever it is Lasers? over there, you know, in the whole nine yard. <laughs> Chief meteorologist Becky, so uh, not a licensed meteorologist. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Becky Lynn is in Storm Central. We've got uh, the largest uh, radio news team on the weather. Detour Dan is watching uh, the roads for you, so we're going to get back to the weather uh, mostly on the west side. But I'll tell you, we're here. It looks pretty creepy in basically Central Phoenix. Looking pretty creepy. Yeah. So um, we'll get back to uh, uh, the weather. Where'd this one come from? Was this, because uh, normally it comes from the Valley of the Dirt People, and stop going, why do they call us that? That's Pinal County. That's yeah. what you yeah. call it. Because uh, this one seemed to uh, hit in a much different I'm not line. a meteorologist. I don't know. Oh, you're not a licensed one, at least. No. I do play one on TV. Let's talk about the CDC. Oh, fantastic group. An organization that is just delivering on everything they promise. It really is incredible. Un- unprepared overwhelmed when covid hit um and today the head of the uh, uh of C- the cdc yeah she said we need to make the organization more nimble yeah well what she's saying is uh too many uh too many uh, chefs in the kitchen okay you need to make it smaller you need to have people make serious decisions on a, in a quicker time frame too much bureaucracy all right well she wants a reset there's been a ton of criticism, and they have deserved it all. They blew it for COVID, and they've also blown it for the monkeypox. Uh, and the changes include internal staffing moves and steps to speed up data uh, releases. Let, listen, this is what I've seen from the CDC. This is, and I'm, not, I'm literally, I'm talking literally about it. There have been dozens of times you and I have come on the air. And it could have been two years ago when COVID started. It could have been two weeks ago when they make an announcement. They immediately change it, maybe a day later 
or hours later yeah. because they don't know what the hell they're doing. No. They absolutely have no clue. They will make an announcement saying, this is how we're going to do this. They'll put it on their website. It'll be on the website, and then it'll be off the website. They will backtrack, and they will either change their mind, or they will have to explain it better. And so I don't know if they have the capacity to, well, I pretty much do. They do not have the capacity to protect us from a virus, number one. And I believe this, number two, they have no capacity to explain what they're doing to us and explain what we should be doing in our lives. They don't know how to explain anything. No, no. And it has just been a colossal disaster. Yeah, they they failed gloriously in this. And when you look at this thing, we're going to go back. Uh, They wanted to control too much. They they were so overly cautious that at times it was paralysis by analysis. And then when they did make a move, it was the wrong move. And then you had Fauci over here, Walensky over here. It was not good. And then you throw in the chaos of Trump and all of this other stuff. And then states doing their own things where you're just you got one state. They're saying, hey, you know, we're going to keep it locked down forever if we could. It it was poorly done, and they they're looking right now at the the monkeypox, going, "What we what, what was this?" Yeah. yeah, I'll give you the one thing about the CDC, and this is really all you have to know. If you wa- I watched a documentary about all this stuff, and remember the cruise ship that we talked about at the beginning of COVID, how everybody was getting it, and they kept people on the cruise ship. Yeah, well, when they were released from the cruise ship. And they were flown back to America. What the CDC did was they put every one of those people on a flight to all different places around the country. No mask, no test, no nothing. They were all positive for COVID and they stuck them all on a plane. Yeah, That's all you need to know about the CDC. They did it. They knew they were doing it. And I don't know why they did it because, well, I'm sure... Most people on that plane, I'd be really ticked off if I was on that plane yeah. because I got COVID then. Failure after failure after failure, and then blaming everybody else, and then say, they 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 failed miserably. And part awful. of the blame, what's going on in schools as far as falling behind, you could look at them too because they overdid it, and it was a nightmare. Hopefully, we learn from it, but it's government, so I doubt it. Yeah. All right, we're going to keep our eye on the weather. It's going to be kind of a nasty ride home, so make sure you're here with Becky Lynn, Detour Dan. It's all coming up next on the 5 o'clock KTAR News Expansion.